isn't that such a great introduction? Doesn't it get you right in the Christmas spirit? You know, that music just wants to get you going and da 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 da. You know, but here's the thing. You know, Christmas is a happy time of year for everybody, isn't it? It's, you know, nobody's stressed at all. Ah, here's some laughing there. Families don't have tension. And there's absolutely no arguments at Christmas. It's just the most wonderful time of year, isn't it? Well, let me, let's just get real here for a moment. I just actually want to be real and honest with you. You know, in Australian, Christmas is not always a happy time. Actually, all around the world, sometimes Christmas is not a happy time. For many families, it is. Many families, it's a great time of year. But, you know, at Christmas, holiday season, and especially, let me just say this, especially, talk, you know, coming through COVID and the lockdowns and stuff, family life has not always been easy. Let me say this. In recent stats, it's actually been shown that at Christmas, over the last couple of years, um, domestic violence has actually increased by 25% each time, which is actually sad. And it breaks my heart when I, when I hear that. And with the increased pressure that's happened through lockdown and everything else, that stat has actually got higher. While we uh, have a lot more freedom here in Australia, around the world it is not the same. There are many countries that are coming, going into lockdown right now and this is going to be a hard Christmas for them. I'm sorry to be a downer, you know. <laughs> Christmas, our, our season, you know, to be joyful. Sorry to be a downer about this, but, you know, Christmas is meant to be this most wonderful time of year, but it isn't for everybody. The question I want to tackle today is this. How do we find peace in our families in this time of Christmas? Especially when, for some people, it's not always easy. You know, you may not be in such an extreme situation as domestic violence, but you may know somebody who's going through that. But Christmas does bring tension. It does bring increased pressure. And, it, and, and how do we find that, that peace in our families in those moments, in those times? See, when I was looking up um, information around this, and, and going through and reading the information revolving around uh, Christmas and violence and all those kind of things that are happening. There are three things that came up, and I want to share these three things that um, have increased and, and have triggers that cause um, tension within families in this holiday festival time. The first one is this, and it might sound strange, but it, it, it does actually play a really big key factor, is that during our holiday periods, we tend to drink more alcohol, don't we? There's some people that are going, yeah, we do. And the rest of the world does as well. A combination of these things, you know, parties, um, extra time off from work, the, the wanting to be jolly and happy, we tend to actually increase our alcohol consumption. But the problem with that is it's actually a contributing factor to the problems that we have in our families. Let me actually just say that. Increased alcohol consumption contributes to domestic violence and contributes to tension within families. Uh, another thing that is there, that if we look at the stats, and we, these, are, these come from stats, these come from questions that are asked of people that have been going through this. So this is not something I'm making up, not something that I'm just thinking that should be, um, you know, the way that Simon thinks. This is actually stats that have come from real life situations. At this time of year, there's actually increased pressure on parents. 
Have you noticed this? The stress to actually organise every Christmas event, um, to actually beard everything, to purchase all those gifts and presents for kids, to organise extra activities, to, to go and do all of these things, um, and that creates increased financial pressure on people. And that's associated with Christmas. Parents are often, during this time, drained coming up to Christmas. And that creates trigger points for tension within our families. And the third one, and I love this third one, the third one is that we spend more time with our family. Time spent with our extended family at Christmas often leads to tension. Have you noticed that? Arguments caused, emotions boil over, you know, those kind of things that happen. That's what it is. Each the, I want to say this, each of those three things that are there, I want to say this right up front. Each of those three things, if you take personal responsibility in this situation, you can actually change each of those three things. Increased alcohol consumption, pressure on parents, spending time with family. So let me just break it down for you. So alcohol, pretty simple, drink less. I'm not actually going to come up here and say don't drink at all. Yeah, some, some churches will go, don't drink, evil. But I'm going to say, drink less. If you have a drink, make, you know, here's a practical, real simple practical thing for you. If you have a drink, make your second drink non-alcoholic. Because often you're wanting to, especially in our hot climate, we want to quench our thirst and we use alcohol to do that and that just builds up and builds up and we get, you know, and that's what causes problems because we drink to excess. If you actually feel as though you may have a problem with alcohol, that you actually need to have that drink and you can't live without it, then, then here is the time to own that and actually say, I have a problem and get some help on that. Pressure, family pressure, parental pressure, things that happen with parents and families. Now, pressure is often self-imposed. Needing to keep up with everybody, needing to buy the greatest, biggest gifts, needing to put on the most lavish things, they're things that we've actually placed upon ourselves. We can actually make a choice on how much you spend. We can actually make a choice on the events that we go to and the things that we do. They're actually personal preferences. They're choices that we make. You know, society does put a lot of pressure on us. Let, let, let's, let's be honest. Society puts a lot of pressure on us to buy stuff. Have you noticed that what happens? They put sales on just before Christmas, um, and, and some people, some, some businesses will raise their prices only in order to lower it again during the sales time to the normal price that they have and tell you it's a 25% discount. They want you to spend. They want you to spend more money. They want you to be in more pressure because they need the money to carry on. So the world needs to go around on money. Um, you, you may want to actually go, well, actually, what I'm going to do is, and here's the thing, you might actually talk with your family, talk with your kids. Your kids are old enough. Actually talk about how we need to budget and, what the, and why you can't have everything that you always want. And it takes time. Value, getting value for an understanding, teaching your kids understanding about money and what the worth of it is, is really important because then they can actually uh, live a life without wanting to spend and have everything that they need. They need to realise that sometimes you've actually got to wait, you've got to earn, you've got to build towards that. 
Um, it might mean that you, for Christmas, instead of um, buying for everybody, we cho- choose to do it slightly differently. Or, or you might actually uh, choose to actually make things this year rather than buy everything this year. So there's all sorts of things you can do to reduce that kind of stress level. But the biggest thing is change your expectation on what needs to happen. So go, I don't need to do this. I don't need to achieve. I don't need to be like my neighbours or whatever. It is. I just need to be me in this space. So, looking at that. Now, the third one, spending more time with families. Now, this is the point I really want to get to today. This is the one I want to focus a bit more on for us. See, we all have, uh, we all have families, um, and, and, and everybody's family is different. Let me say this. Um, you know, whether, and, and let me say this. We often will have somebody within our family we don't always see eye to eye with. You know, it, it, you know whether it's your close family, whether it's your extended family, um, you may not get easily along with them. You know, it might be a different political point of view. Uh, it, it could be a different set of priorities. It could be a different way you want to live your life. And it could be the way you dress or all those kind of things. There are little clashes that come up. You name it, they come there. So I want to just jump into the Bible and we just had um, the reading from Romans chapter 12, and I just want to jump into the Bible again, and, and I want us to, to hear the words again. And from Romans um, chapter 12, verse 9, and we're going to put it up on the screen for us, and it says this, don't just pretend to love others. So this, is, this is actually a really important point for us to actually take on board. Paul is here speaking to the Roman church, the, the, the people within the church, about how they uh, relate to their brothers and sisters in Christ within the church, how they relate to their families and how they relate to the rest of the world around that. And this is really important for us. So don't, for us, don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Notice that change of perspective about how you, you, want, you actually want to take delight in one another. Wouldn't it be wonderful if in your families that you actually took delight in being in each other's presence and being with each other rather than um, loathing the moments that you, you're together. And we do this by honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in, in our confident hope. Uh, be patient in, in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other and don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think that you know it all. I love that. Don't, you think, you, don't think that you are better than everybody else. Don't think you know it all. Um, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Here's, that's the key. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For Scripture says, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. Jesus didn't tell us 
Here's the thing. Jesus didn't tell us to be right. He told us that we needed to be loving. That's really important for us as we come into this, in this whole space. And I just want to pick this verse up. Verse 18, it says this, Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Living in peace with everyone. Living in peace within our families. Living in peace when there's tension. Let me be honest. Living in peace doesn't mean that you are conflict-free. Living in peace means that you centre yourself in Christ. You centre yourself in God and you, you learn how to live within that, that space of tension. Yes, it can be to get to know uh, anger, no fighting and all those things. And there's some things that I, well, I'm just going to tell you about. But living in peace with everyone, that's, a, that's an incredibly high old deal, isn't it? How many people can put their hands up and say, I've never had a beef with anybody? Caleb, I know you have. <laughs> Caleb always likes to go, yes, I haven't had yet. No. You have. We've all had some kind of beef with somebody, haven't we? There's always some kind of tension. So we need to learn, how do we live in peace with everybody? See, living in peace means that we do it with everybody, not just the people that you get along with. It's really easy to to live in peace with people that you like. It's really easy to live in peace with people that you get on with. But it's so hard for us to live in peace when we've got people that don't go, you know, great with us. But we're called to do that. Paul says this, you know, we need to bless those that persecute you. Jesus says, turn the other cheek. And notice what it is? Change of, not, not the other person. Change of you. How do you live in peace? You don't try and change the other person. You change who you are. So let's bring this right into our lives right now. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for us? And I want to say this. One of the easiest ways we can deal with this is learn not to be easily offended by other people. And Let me just give you a little story. I was in a meeting during this week. And we were talking about all sorts of things and, uh, and somebody asked what my opinion of it was and, and I gave my opinion and somebody else said, you know, this is the first time I actually agree with Simon. You know, and, and I thought, wow, I could be really offended here. I could actually go, why, did, why, why is that the first time that you actually agree with me? So I could take an easy offence to that person because they said, I, I agree with you for the first time, you know. Obviously, there's a difference of opinion. Obviously, they, we think differently. Um, and I'm going, well, was that actually meant to be a positive or was that meant to be a negative? Was that actually putting me down or was that, you know, what was it? So I could actually be easily offended. We need to learn how not to be easily offended in these situations. So here's the thing. When we're easily offended, we often are being judgmental. We're often bringing judgment upon other people when we become offended. So when we're really judgmental, when we're looking for what other people do wrong, when we're looking for the slights that will cause wrong within us, then we can be easily offended. If you look for things that are going to offend you, guess what you're going to find? Things that offend you. So if you look for things that offend you, you will always find something that will offend you. And, and within our families, 
people will offend you. They'll say something, they'll do something, they'll live a certain way and it may cause an offence to you. And the big thing is, let's not be judgmental. Let's not hold a grudge. Let's, you know, it's, it's too easy for us to look for what things are wrong because to take a choice to live in peace within our family means that we need to change our behaviour and how we look at things. It's, in, in, it's inevitable that we're actually going to be offended by somebody, and especially somebody within our own family. You know, it will happen. Um, but living your life, being offended, is a choice that you make. So you will be offended by somebody. Let me just say that. People will offend you. But living your life offended is a choice that you make and you can choose not to be. That's actually a choice that you can make. Finding, a pe- finding a peace in your family is that choice. And, and Romans 12, verse 16 says this, live in harmony with one another. So that's actually how we are meant to do that, not to be offended, not to, to, to take on every slight that's there. And it says this, in order to live in harmony with another, one another, Paul says to the Roman church, and he says to us, do not be proud... Don't be proud, but be willing to associate with people of lower position. Don't be conceited. This is from the NIV. So in other words, we need to live in harmony. We need to be you know, creating that sense of peace. And in order to do this, we actually need to think of ourselves not to be better than other people. We, you know, that's, the, that's the thing. Not to be proud means that we think, when we are proud, we think that we are better, that we are right, that we are the ones that have got the way. So here's the thing. When we're conceited, we think we are the ones that have got everything. When we know it all, when we think that we are better than others, then we actually, you know, don't be ashamed to associate with people that you think may be lower than you. So in other words, don't think that you are better than everybody else because that starts to place you above and you will be offended and you won't live in harmony with one another. As I said, Jesus didn't tell us to be right. He told us to love. So it's not about judging. It's not about trying to be right. It's not about winning every argument. It's about how do we love one another? And this is a challenge for us in in, in what we do, in the way we live, in the way we live our lives, you know. And I want to be honest here. I love being right. I love being right. I love having the right answers. I love being, and Annette's got her headphones on. She's listening to this in delay, so she hasn't smirked at this just yet, but she will in just a moment. So wait for the delayed reaction. But there we are. I love being right, and I know this is, this is actually one of our clashes that we have in our face. See, God told you, told you. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> for a moment this is actually one of our clashes that we have in our family about the need to be right about the one who says this is the way and that's often when we clash and I just want to say needing to be right is not going to help us so love doesn't seek to actually win an argument 
love doesn't seek to win that argument. It actually seeks to protect the relationship. And as I was reading this, it came back to me, Romans 12, verse 9. It said, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. So we need to protect that relationship. So we can bring some of these, uh, some of the learnings from conflict resolutions into this space. And when somebody has a difference of opinion with you, instead of starting down that road of being offended and, and, and you know when you get all rolled up, that you think you're right and they are wrong, and you're listening to the argument that's going backwards and forwards. You're listening for the words you can say so that you can prove that you're right. You are listening to argue. The thing that we need to do is to actually stop doing that. We need to listen in a different way. And the thing we need to do is listen to understand the other person. Not listen to respond, but listen to understand. So, because that's not about arguing, that's about knowing what's going on in that person's life and trying to understand them. That's actually how we start to live in peace within a family when there's tension. That's how we start to live in harmony with one another. See, love doesn't seek to win that argument. It seeks to protect that relationship. So as we come into this time of Christmas, and we focus upon the, the topic that we've been looking at uh, last week with Caleb, a, a peace in our world, and, and this week, and peace in our family, and next week, our personal peace that we have, and then on Christmas Day, the peace that we find in Christ Jesus as the child that comes into the world. As we come into this space, let's bring peace into our homes. Let's bring peace into our workplace. Let's bring peace into our neighbourhoods and our relationships. Let us become the peacemakers of the world. Let's, let's bring somebody. Let's be somebody that, that lives in peace. That's, that means that we're not looking for conflicts, that when conflicts arise, that we, we find a way to, to alleviate to move, to listen, to change our behaviour. It just means that we're not living offended all the time, that we're going to try and actually live a life to the full and knowing whether other people are right, that we're not going to be right all the time. So as I come into this, I'm going to, I'm going to ask the rest of the band to come up and, and they're going to play for a moment as we pray. And I want you to actually pray specifically today. I want you to pray for your family. I wanted you to pray for those people that you know that are, that are in need of support and care. If you know a family that is going through struggles and you're there supporting them, I ask you to come and just pray for that family in name specifically. I want you to pray for your family. Pray for yourselves. And I want you to spend this little moment just praying as the band plays and starts into the next worship song to pray for your family and for God to come and bring peace into this space. So let's just pray together. Let me open this up and Caleb will finish it off as we come into this moment. 
a gracious, loving God, we just give you thanks for this moment. We give you thanks that you challenge us about our relationships, about our family and about us. Lord, help us not to be easily offended by those around us. Help us not to live being offended, but help us to be the peacemakers in this world. Lord, I pray for ourselves that peace will be upon us. I pray for our families that peace will be upon them. And I pray for the individuals within our world that are in conflict, that are in tension. Lord, may your blessing be upon them. May you, your love come to show them. May you show us who we're in tension with now. And may we come and show them love, show them hospitality, show them our faith in Christ living through us into the world around us. Lord, we just pray this. And Lord, we name those people 